0: sermon today on our road trip with jesus we're going to get in our cars and we're going to get in there one final time and we're going to take our cars and we're going to find our parking space and uh, we're going to park there eternally now i say that symbolically but how many knows one day we're going to reach our final eternal destination and for those of us who are in christ's That is an exciting prospect, isn't it? For those of us who have our sins forgiven, our names written down in the Lamb's book of life, we can look forward to our final destination, our eternal life with Christ. What an exciting thing that's going to be. Now on the other end of the coin, it's a sad thing as we preached last week for those who do not know Christ. Because there is an eternal damnation. There is eternal destination of hell. I don't want to go to hell, do you? But I want to go and be with Christ and rule and reign with him and live with him in the new heavens and in the new earth throughout all of eternity. So this morning, I'll start by saying this as we start our final lap on our road trip. We need to have our eyes wide open. Our eyes wide open. I thought about eyes. I thought about what happens with our eyes. I think sometimes about my eyes. I wear contact lenses and sometimes my eyes will get dry. Sometimes they will get irritable. Sometimes they will get runny. And uh, how many wear, anybody else wear contacts? And you, you deal with those things sometimes. But sometimes we have blinking eyes. Have you ever gotten really nervous and you just blinking or, or maybe somebody's lying to you and they start blinking, uh, you know. <laughs> maybe black eyes, I don't know. Maybe you said something to your spouse you shouldn't have said and popped right there. No, black eyes, somebody been hurt, got a black eye. Cross eyes, blurry Eyes. The other day I was mowing the grass on the lawnmower that we have and my, put sunscreen on my face. And as I sweated, the sunscreen got into my eyes and I started having stinging and burning and blurry eyes. Sometimes we just have flat, closed eyes. I thank God when it's time to go to bed at night and I can sit there and and watch my Beverly Hillbillies or the news or read one of my books that I like to read and then my eyes eventually can start closing for rest. But spiritually speaking, our eyes do not need to close. Spiritually speaking, we need to have eyes wide open. Can somebody say amen this morning? You see, the signs of the times are all around us. Now, let me teach here for just a second. Do you realize as we've preached the last two weeks about the rapture, today we're going to preach about the second coming? And do we realize that, we, that there are really no signs per se given for the rapture in one regard? The rapture is imminent. The rapture could happen at any time. The rapture is sudden. The rapture is immediate in a twinkling of an eye. The rapture in itself will become the biggest sign of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So in As a byproduct, as de facto, the signs of the times that are pointing to his second coming are also pointing to the rapture of the church. Do you see that this morning? So all these signs that we see will one day culminate in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in the biggest sign of all when Christ raptures the church out of here signaling in the seven years of tribulation, signaling in all the judgment upon the earth, but showing us that we are at that point would be seven years from the second coming of Christ when he comes to rule and reign upon this earth. Let's read about it, some of these signs, and and let's take this journey together with eyes wide open. Luke 21, beginning at verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations. Do we have distress of nations? I've been reading a book from a former national security advisor, and it just goes from one crisis to another crisis to another crisis. The nations of this world are in distress. The nations of this world are fragile. And can I just bring it right to where we live? The United States of America is fragile. Socially, economically, in every way, our country, this great country in which we live is very fragile. The distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Look at verse 26. Men's hearts failing them. From fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. Because your redemption draweth nigh or your redemption draws Near, What should we do as children of God when we see the signs of the times? We should not fear. We should not panic. We should not retreat. Instead, Jesus tells us right here, when you see these signs, lift up your head in confidence knowing that our redemption is drawing nigh. How many knows that we are redeemed, but we're about to really be redeemed. We are saved, but we're about to really be saved. And when we see the world around us literally falling apart, we should not fear. We should not have a nervous breakdown. We should not wring our hands in despair. But no, Jesus said, look up. Look up, church. Our redemption is drawing near You see, this redemption is not just for you and not just for me as children of God. Oh, yes, we're going to be redeemed eternally. But this redemption is for all creation The Bible says that the creation groaneth And waits in anticipation For the final redemption that is to come Oh it reminds me Can I just turn the radio on just a minute Since we're on the road trip together Can I turn the radio on It reminds me of the old song Soon and very soon We are going to see the king No more trouble there. What? We're going to see the king. No more sorrow there. We're going to see the king. No more dying there. We are going to see the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to see the king. And it's going to be soon, maybe sooner than we could ever think or expect. Lift up your head for the redemption draws nigh. I want my eyes to be wide open. I want to see the signs, but I want to fix my eyes on Christ. Somebody say Christ. You see, I want to keep my windshield clear. As we're on this road trip, as we're seeing the signs of the time, I want to also spiritually see what God is doing in this world today. I want to spiritually see how God is working and moving and how, yes, he is coming. I want to keep my windshield clear. I want to remove all obstacles. How about you? I want to remove all dirt and all dust and all debris and just as we would pull into sheets and pump our gas and maybe get that little, what's it called, squeegee and eek, eek, and clean that windshield. Get all of that off the windshield. I want to look at my life. I want you to look at your life. And I want us to say, I want the dirt and the dust and the debris. Let me just be blunt. I want the sin in my life to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I want things to be clear between me and my fellow man. I want things to be clear between me and God. I want my wipers to be working. You ever had your wipers halfway working? Nothing worse than being out on the interstate driving along and a rainstorm comes in and all the trucks whipping by and you turn on your wipers and there's a little streak that's not getting taken care of. You ever had that happen? And there's nothing you can do about it. You're on the inside and you're trying to wipe it. You can't get it. It's all the wipers. I want them clean. I want wiper fluid in the tank so that when I need to push that little button, it'll clean me up. This might be a little bit of a stretch right here, but I thought about that wiper fluid being in there. And I thought about the sermon last week. And I thought about the oil of the Holy Spirit being full on the inside of us. And when we need to turn our wipers on, may we have the oil of the Holy Spirit full on the inside of us. I want to be clear and see the environment around me and the signs around me. Look what Jesus said about this. Let's continue on. Same passage, verse 29. Then Jesus spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. And when they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is near. Now you and I, we know when the next season is near. We realize by signs, even right now, naturally speaking, we realize that what's about to come. Fall is about to come, isn't it? Fall is coming because we can tell by the signs around us. And Christ was using the fig tree as an example. He was telling them, you see the fig tree and it shows you naturally that there are other things that are coming. Look at verse 31. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. We should not be surprised that the rapture could happen any moment. We should not be surprised that the second coming is coming very quickly because we're seeing the signs all around us. Are we not seeing the signs? We should know that the kingdom of God is near. Verse 32, assuredly I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Watch this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. What does he mean by that? I think plain and simply he has meant what he said and he has said what he meant. He has told us clearly as children of God, every one of us in this room this morning, we do not have to be in doubt about what Christ is going to do. We don't have to be in doubt about his coming. He has said what he has meant. And he has meant what he has said and his words will not pass away. We need to keep our lives clear. We need to keep our windshields clear because he has promised his coming is at hand. Here's how we do that. Look at verse 34. Here's some things we need to free our lives from. This is Jesus speaking to them and to us. Look at this. But take heed to yourself least your hearts be weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness and the cares of this life. I found it very interesting when I was reading that this week, that he put carousing, drunkenness, your know, obvious sins, obvious bad behavior, but he put those with also, look, and cares. Of this life. Can I be very careful right here? And can I say to all of us as Christians, we might not be prone to carousing or drunkenness, but we better watch this last one because that's where the enemy's going to trip up or try, let me say it this way, try to trip up a lot of God's people, and it would be by the cares of this life. And that that day would come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, everybody say, watch, watch. Therefore, and pray, everybody say, pray. I believe I've said it over and over in the last couple of sermons. I'm going to say it again this morning. What is our response to these sermons that we've been hearing on this last part of our road trip? Very simply, if we just grab these two words watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. And I don't mean watch the news, so to speak, and I don't mean watch this one or that one, but watch Christ, keep our eyes on Christ, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Verse 36, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man. Let me slow down here just a moment and kind of try to explain that and give us a sequence. Once again, we have signs of the time. The biggest sign of Christ coming is going to be as we're seeing all these signs even unfold will be the rapture of the church. Here on earth, there's going to be seven years of tribulation. Now you notice that we're not taking our road trip this series through the seven years of tribulation. Why? We're not going to be here. You plan to anybody plan to be here during that seven years of tribulation. No, we're not going to take our road trip there because we're going to be raptured out. Of here what is going to happen for us then during that time we're going to be raptured with Christ and we're going to stand before the Bema seat of Christ the judgment seat of Christ the beautiful thing about this judgment seat that you and I as Christians will be able to be part of is that our salvation will have already been secured. Our redemption would have already been secured. It's not going to be a judgment of wrath. It's not going to be a judgment where he's going to say depart from me. It's going to be a judgment where he will judge us on our works. And we will be given rewards based upon our faithfulness to God and the things that we have done for him. I want to be in that judgment. How about you? Because I see in Revelation that there's another judgment at the end of time called the great white throne judgment. Where many will be cast into the lake of burning fire, cast into hell. I don't want to be in that judgment. But I want to stand at the bema seat of Christ. And not only do I want to stand at that judgment. I want to have many crowns and many rewards and hear him talk about faithfulness. How about you? That's what we're working for. That's why we're here this morning. That's why we witness. That's why we pray. That's why we work. That's why we do. We want to be found ready and worthy at that Bema seat and be rewarded for doing great eternal things for God. But also during that time, while tribulation and all hell, if you will, we'd be breaking loose on this earth. We're going to be with him at the marriage, supper of the Lamb. We are the bride of Christ. Let me say it again. We are the bride of Christ. I was in here the other day and Nelson and Allison were looking around and they were preparing for a wedding and and Allison said, we might want to use this. Is that okay? And I told them, you might want to take those ugly ropes down for your wedding and that would you know, be okay. They were preparing for a wedding, a bride that is going to be joined to a groom, but I want to tell you that there are better preparations greater preparations that are, I'm spitting all over the place up here, that greater preparations than that, that are going on in the eternals a wedding is being prepared and the groom Christ is coming, we are his bride and we are going to marry him and we will be with him, the bride of Christ hallelujah Hallelujah, and then we will rejoice together in the marriage supper of the Lamb. You knew if I was going to shout, it was going to be about food. (laughs) Hallelujah, what a time that's going to be. Have you made your reservation? Do you have your RSVP in through and by Jesus Christ? I'm looking forward to the marriage supper of the lamb. Hallelujah. Woo. I could regress right here and start talking about what might be on the menu, but we would never finish this sermon or any more after that. But what a day, what a celebration that is going to be. Hallelujah. Woo. I have preached myself happy and I think it was that marriage of supper of the lamb. And then we're going to come back. With him. Hallelujah. In the second coming of Christ. So, what are we going to do? We're going to keep our eyes on Christ. Oh, I'm going to read about this second coming of Christ. Somebody say it with me. Eyes on Christ. Let's say it again. Eyes on Christ. Look with me, please. Revelation 19, beginning at verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened (laughs) and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. Who is sitting on that white horse? Christ, that's right, Jesus, the coming king. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dripped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses, Who are those armies of heaven in the linen white and clean following him on horses i'll tell you who that is it's the bride of christ i'll tell you who that is it's the saints of all the ages i'll tell you who that is it's all those who have put their trust in jesus christ let me just make it personal i'll tell you who that is it is you and it is me as children of god we're going to be right riding on those horses in that white linen, clean and fair. What are we going to do? I'm going to keep my eyes on Him. I'm going to keep my eyes on Him as I live through the signs of the times. I'm going to keep my eyes on Him when the trumpet sounds one day and the dead in Christ rise and I go to meet Him in the air. I'm going to keep my eyes on Him. I'm going to keep my eyes on Him when the bride marries the bridegroom. I'm going to keep my eyes on Him during the marriage supper of the Lamb, and I'm going to keep my eyes on Him as. we come back to this world, riding on those horses behind the king of kings and the Lord of lords. How about you this morning? Look at verse 15. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness And wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe. And on his thigh. A name that is written. King of kings. And lord of lords. I thought last night. About this coming. I thought last night. About this savior. This Christ. This king of all kings. And lord of all lords. In his second advent. Coming to rule and to reign. And I thought, you know, what a difference it is from his first advent, from his first coming. In his first coming, he came humbly, but he'll come in power in his second coming. In his first coming, they wrapped him in rags. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a feeding trough, laid him in a manger. But at his second coming, every eye shall see him as he comes in all power and all majesty, showing that who he is, the ancient of days, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, riding upon a white horse. What a contrast that is. At his first coming, he was mocked and he was scorned. But at his second coming, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What a difference. At his first coming, he died an atoning death as a lamb slain from the foundations of the earth. Purchasing salvation for all who will believe But at his second coming, he comes as a redeemer to bring to himself those who have been saved and washed in the blood that he shed for you and I. And of his kingdom, there shall be no ending. Somebody say no ending. No ending. Verse 17, then I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven. Now watch this. Come and gather together for the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings and captains and mighty men and horses and those who sit on them and the flesh of all people free and slave both small and great. What do we see here is All the armies of the world that have converged upon Israel. They have converged for that great battle of all battles. The ending battle of Armageddon upon this earth. And the Antichrist himself has said, I will make war with God. I will destroy his people and I will destroy him. I will make war with God. But he's about to see another thing's coming, buddy. Jesus Christ appears. Upon the white horse coming to destroy them, to destroy sin and to put this world back into order. Look at verse 19. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse. That's Christ and against Christ's army. But the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast. And those who worshiped his image, these two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. They were cast into hell. And the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of Christ, who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. He wins the battle All battles. You say, pastor, I get a little nervous. I've never ridden a horse, you might say. Or I've only ridden a horse a few times. You say, pastor, I've never gone into combat. Or maybe I've just gone into combat a few times. Maybe somebody up the hollow shot at me one time, but that's about it. I don't don't know about all of this. But can I tell you, we're gonna... (laughs) Just keep our eyes on Christ. And we're gonna watch his power and watch his might and watch his authority as he comes to rule and take his rightful place for once and for all. Wow. What a moment. Wow. What a day. What an arrival. And you and I as Christians are gonna be there. We're gonna be part This, I'm going to keep my eyes on Christ as he wins the battle of all battles. I'm going to keep my eyes on Christ. I don't have time to read about all of this, but I I wish that I did. I'm going to keep my eyes on Christ as Satan is bound and cast into the pit. I'm reminded of that old song. Oh yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Oh yes, my Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years, will have no tempter then after Jesus shall come back to earth again. I'm gonna keep my eyes as that old tormentor of all the ages, the accuser of the brethren, the tempter, the one behind all of this evil that we have all experienced. I'm gonna watch as Christ takes him and binds him and casts him in to the bottomless pit. I'm gonna keep my eyes on Christ as then he sits and he rules and reigns during the thousand years of peace, the millennial reign of Christ upon this earth. And what are we gonna do? We're gonna rule and reign with him. And I'm gonna keep my eyes on Christ as he summons down after the ending of that thousand years of peace, after the ending of the millennial reign, I'm gonna watch him as he summons down from heaven the new heaven and the new earth. So my final destination this morning as we close this sermon and as we close this series, as we take our cars and we go to our final eternal parking place, I'm not gonna move anymore. I'm gonna put my eyes on that city my eyes on that city, I remember as a young child when we would go on vacation, and it was pretty much the same vacation almost every year, one to two nights in luxurious Gatlinburg, Tennessee, or Pigeon Ford. We would eat depending on where we might have coupons that were good and and all that good stuff, right. Do a few rides, a go-kart. But as we were going in, I can remember as a kid watching the sign on the side of the road. You might remember as you start going towards Sevierville and there would be sign billboard after billboard after billboard after billboard. And when I, as a child, okay, as an adult too, would see those signs then that excitement, that anticipation would start building in me because I knew that my destination was close. I knew I was getting where I was supposed to go. And child of God, as we see the spiritual signs all around us, it is as if we can almost see, do you see it with me this morning? I can almost see the lights of that city. I can almost see the lights of my final parking place, my final destination. We are about to arrive at our final destination. Our final destination, get this, it's not just a place, but it's an existence, a glorious existence with God. Our final destination is not just something new, but it will be a restoration of something old as God puts this whole world back together like it was intended to be from the very beginning. Isn't that exciting to think about? Let's read about it. Revelation 21, one through four. Now I saw a new heaven and earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. That, my friends, is our final destination. No more tears. No more crying. No more sorrow. No more death. What a place that's gonna be. What an existence That's going to be, we will never grow old. We will never change. We will live in glorified bodies. But more than all of that, we will exist fully in the very presence of God. I cannot wrap my full mind around that, but what an awesome thing it's going to be. Let me read for you these little songs. In fact, stand with me this morning. Let me read this before we pray together. This little song that I found last night, it said this, the timeless theme, earth and heaven will pass away. It's not a dream. God will make all things new that day. Gone is the curse from which I stumbled and fell. Evil is vanished to eternal hell. Course said, no more night, no more pain. No more tears, never crying again. Praises to the great I am. We will live in the light of the risen lamb. No more night, no more tears. No more sorrow, no more crying. Praises to the great I am. We will live in the light of the risen lamb. Two words in closing as we pray. Ready and rejoice. Make sure you're ready. If you are ready and you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are ready, then I say our application point today would be rejoice. Rejoice. So let's just do that together in prayer this morning. We're going to start by just asking the Lord and make sure we're ready. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then I encourage you right now where you're at, ask him to come into your heart and forgive your sins and make you ready. If you're standing there this morning, you say, well, I'm not sure, I have drifted away, my windshield is dirty. Then I say to you this morning, make it right, make yourself ready. And then I say on the second part of our prayer, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice because our eyes are on Christ and one day our eyes will be on that city. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you this morning. Lord, first and foremost, we thank you that Jesus died That we could be ready. All of these awesome things that we have preached about. All of these incredible events that are on the way. Lord, I want to be ready. Forgive me of any sin in my life. I want to be ready. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness by the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to be ready. And Lord, we thank you that we can be ready. We thank you we can have that hope and that salvation and that future redemption through Christ. And now, Lord, we rejoice. We rejoice because this world is not our final home. We rejoice because this existence is not our final existence. We rejoice knowing that the King is coming. Yes, the King is coming. Oh, let the people rejoice. Let the people be glad. We rejoice knowing that John saw our final destination coming down from God out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. We rejoice, God, knowing that we will rule and reign with you forever. And of your kingdom there shall be no ending. As we leave this morning, God, let the Holy Spirit grab our hearts and rekindle an excitement in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives and excitement knowing that you are coming again. And we rejoice, we rejoice, we rejoice. God, let your people rejoice as they drive off of the property this morning. Let your people rejoice, 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 rejoice. rejoice. We thank you, God. We praise you. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name.